Welcome to episode 14 of the Birding Life Podcast. My name is Adam and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the birders that pursue them. The Birding Life is proud to be associated with the Bird Lasser bird logging app. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. In this episode of the Weekly Chirp, I continue with part three of our short series on the various bird identification apps that are available on the Southern African market at the moment. Be sure to follow this podcast on whatever platform you are listening on, and please take some time to rate and comment on it. This week we'll look at the most recent bird identification app to be released onto the Southern African market, the Sassel eBirds of Southern Africa 5th edition. I'm excited to find out what improvements there have been since the previous edition of the app. If you like what you hear, be sure to download the app on either iOS or Android. I'm also pleased to announce that we will be giving a copy of this app away to one lucky listener. Compliments of Strike Media. What you need to do to go into the draw to win is this. Firstly, follow the Birding Life and Strike Nature Club on Facebook. And then share the post advertising this episode tagging both the birding life and strike nature please make sure that your settings are in public for the post so that we can see that you have entered entries close on wednesday the 15th of july at 12 p.m if you win we will contact you and get your details so today i want to welcome neil parents and dominique rollison who are both involved in the app and they are going to let us know just what the app has to offer the user so I want to welcome Neil and Dominique to the show. It's a real honor to be able to speak to the two of you. Uh, many people know who you are, but for the sake of those who don't know, can you quickly introduce yourselves? Maybe we can start with Neil, and then after that, Dominique, you can just introduce yourself. Well, I, I've been birding since 1980. I started birding in Botswana. Um, I didn't go professionally into, into ornithology. Um, I'm an accountant by trade, and it's just... Uh, a great hobby and um, it's sort of taken me a bit further and, and now I'm, I'm leading tours and it's, it's more part of my life than the accounting is, which is a, a good change. Yeah, and then uh, from my side, so I pretty much always been into birding since I was eight years old. Uh, so I then studied environmental science, which then moved on to ecology and I ended up doing a PhD in ornithology. So I worked on seabirds and reducing seabird bycatch from the tuna longlines. And that was working with Peter Ryan and Ross Wanless down at the uh, Fitzpatrick Institute in Cape Town. And uh, yeah, since then, I've uh, started working for a bird tour company. So I work for birding eco tours and I lead, um, I lead tours all around Africa and around the world. And uh, yeah, then I've um, obviously been working on the Cecil app for the uh, well, Cecil app and the book for the last year which has been a lot of fun. So yeah, I've had a look at the Sassel app and I'm really excited to be able to chat about it. So it's the new Sassel eBirds of Southern Africa app. And I know you were both a part of it. So how's the journey looked like in the development of this app? I know there was a, obviously a previous app, but how's the journey looked like in the development of this specific app? So obviously there was the fourth edition or fourth version or edition of the Sassel birds of Southern Africa. Uh, so it's a, it's a huge improvement from the fourth edition. Um, yeah, I mean, there's features which we'll, uh, we'll discuss at some point in this interview. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just improved a great deal. Uh, so we've been working with uh, Strake Nature and their development team. And then uh, Neil and I have been working on the, the content side of things. So we've been, um, yeah, so uh, 
so finding photographs and, and finding the cores and, and editing them. Uh, so we've mostly been involved in the, on the content side of things and, and less on the development side. The app has to come after the book because we wait, had to wait for the, all the plates and the text and everything to be finished in the book. So once that was done, we, we, uh, the, the straight guys then took the framework of uh, the fourth edition and upgraded it in, with the new plates, with the new scans, and started putting the, um, pulling the photographs together, the calls together with it. Um, and as Dom says, then our job was really to, to check the functionality and to check the content of it. So what are the main features of the app? Just a general overview of the app as a whole. What are the main features that people can look forward to if they were to buy this app? So the, the difference with the Sassel app to, compared to some of the other apps, which are fairly advanced, I, I think um, there's some new apps like Bird Pro. There's the older app like Roberts, which have a lot of content in them. But the, the intention of, of Sassel, the book has always been a field guide and the, the intention of the app to be the same is to be a field guide, something to use in the field quickly to identify what you're seeing. It's, the, it's based on plates rather than on photographs. So you, you pull up a bird spe a species and you, you get the plate and you can scroll through into the photographs. Um, one of the big advantages of the new app is that you can click on a on an image whether it's a plate or a photograph and zoom right in you can pinch it to zoom right in so you can see the features better you can see the text easier um, the calls are also now accessible from the bird list so as you scroll through the bird list you've got a little play icon next to the the bird's name so you don't have to actually go into the into the species um, plate to, to get to the call um, and other other features there's there's things like um, my list, which is your your listing, very detailed. You can do it by location, by date. Um, you can have different overall lists. Uh, you can add coordinates to your sightings, and then you can export those lists into into text files or CSV files, so that you can you can work on them and import them into other formats if you want to. Yeah, and something else I think which is worth highlighting is the is the compare function or, or feature. So you can you can highlight two different species. So whether it be a sooty albatross and a light-mantled albatross, and you can then flick, you know flip through the different so a the illustrations and the photographs. So for instance, if you wanted to look at two uh, you know a juvenile sooty and a, and a juvenile light-mantled albatross and how they compare to each other, you can flip you know flick through the photos and uh, bring up the two juveniles and, and really just compare exactly how they differ. And you know it could be underside versus underside or upper side versus under upper side. Uh, so I, I found that a really useful and easy, easy to use feature. So there might be a lot of people that buy this app as first time app users. Just a, a question: How user friendly would you say that this app is for a new birder? Yes, so I would say it's incredibly easy, and I'd say that's one of the one of the real you know features of, of the app. It's yeah, just really easy to you know to flick through all the different species. Uh, the, the the search functions are, are, are very easy to use, um, and you know you can search by taxonomical or alphabetical ordering. And uh, and yeah, once you're on once you're on a species, it's um, it's uh, you know pretty simple to you know to flick through all the different photographs and the illustrations, and all the content is right there, uh, the maps and, and all the the text associated with the species. So Neil, you spoke about the plates um, earlier on and all the plates are available, how the, the app is almost very 
you know, it works around the plates. Um, a lot of people might be familiar with the old Cecil, and wouldn't, they obviously wouldn't have the new book because that's uh, still on pre-order at the moment. But how are the, the plates used in the app, and how do they point out the important ID features of the birds? Okay, um, it's, it's one of the things when, when I sat down with the, the other authors and, and Penguin Random House in the early days, we went through, went through the book uh, page by page, and um, I said, you know, we're not trying to, to sell an attractive plate. Yes, the, the, the painting has to look good and it has to show the features well, but we want to point out those features. So someone wants to open the app or the book for that matter, and they want to be pointed to what to look for. Um, it's often a, a thing I find with beginner birders. They, they, they say, how do you identify that bird so quickly? And we say, well, these are the features you need to look for. And what we've done with the new new edition is that we've um, concentrated on getting the annotations on the plates uh, more detailed so that your your beginner birder can actually open the thing and say, wow, I have to look at the eyebrow. The eyebrow's creamy in this one, it's white in this one. And that's the difference between the two. Um, so we've, we've concentrated on that quite a bit. And um, as I say, you can zoom in so you can see, okay, that this has got a, a dual colored bill for argument's sake. And you can zoom in and you can see, okay, the top's red and the bottom's black, that type of thing. So it, the zoom function um, combined with those extra annotations has really made it a lot easier for a beginner to, to get accustomed to what to look for in, a, in IDing uh, a bird. And, and yeah, I also just think that the, I mean, one of the big improvements of the, both the book and the app has been the new artwork. So we've, uh, we've had all the seabirds redone. So Fancy Peacock has done the seabirds for us and we've had all our raptors redone. So these are both two very tricky groups of birds for which you really have to have top class uh, illustrations for them. So we've had them re redone. Uh, the same with the night jars. So Fancy has done all our night jars again um, and just really uh, just aids for, um, for the identification and separation. I must say, when I was actually preparing for the interview, I actually uh, ended up going to the Nightjar pictures in the book. And the Nightjar illustrations are phenomenal. And I think one thing I've always liked about the Cecil, you know, even being a, uh, when I was just starting off, is the style of drawings, it, it does what you said, Neil, it does actually make the identification of the birds a lot easier than some of the other guides. It's just, I can't explain. It's just the the style that the drawings are done and they have a way of simplifying what you're looking at. And I think it's, it's, it's one of the great features of the Cecil. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, so I think, so Norman Arlett has done probably the bulk of the illustrations over the years and most of his artwork has been retained. And uh, so he's done like most of the passerines and uh, I agree. I, I just think his, his artwork is, is, is excellent. And the same can be said with the, uh, Fancy and Peter and um, and Alan Harris, who, who's done the the raptors, and uh, I I just think they're clear, concise illustrations which uh, get you to to an identification as quick as possible. So let's chat about the information that is presented about each of the birds because this is where I think a lot of the experienced birders are looking for information. Um, what information is presented in the account of each of the species, and how's that? How is that information presented? And maybe just also chat about who were some of the authors that contributed to the information. Yeah, basically the text is, as I say, it's a, a field guide rather than a reference guide. So it has basic information on the identification and the description of the species. It has a description of the voice and it then has a status um, of, the, of the species, whether it's near threatened, endangered, 
um, and, and where it's endangered, it usually gives a population or estimated population of the species. The text was originally done by Warwick and Ian, as far as I'm aware, uh, Ian Sinclair and Warwick Tarberton. And it's pretty much carried on from that framework and been refined from edition to edition. Um, we're now in the fifth edition, so obviously it's gone through changes time, time and time again. And it was one of the reasons the guys wanted to bring on new authors was to get, get Dom and I to go through uh, species by species and see if there's anything that they, you know, they've been going over it time and time again. And is there anything that, that we pick up that needs changing? So there's been minor changes, but the framework is, is still based on the original Cecil 1. Yeah, and I think some of the improvements in Cecil 5 have been, we've gone into quite a bit more detail in some of the, the tough to identify groups. So for example, the, um, the seabirds, we've gone into a bit more detail and uh, I'd say particularly the raptors, we've add, added more detail on how to differentiate the raptors, such as the occipiters, your sparrowhawks and your goshawks um, and the falcons, having a look at some of those juvenile plumages and how to separate, separate from other similar species. How up to date is the app in terms of the new bird names, species that are out there at the moment? How up to date is it at the moment? Well, we took, we took all the new species that have been seen over the last few years. Um, I think the latest is what Tahiti petrel, Upchers warbler and white tern, I think, Dominic. Yeah, that's, that's, that's correct. Uh, so we didn't, uh, so Forbes, Watson, Swift and um, Madagascar Prattingal, which although we've seen a few years ago, only this was only discovered recently when people were going through their photographs during lockdown. So those two didn't quite make it on into the book. Um, we sort of had gone beyond our deadlines, but it's as up to date as, as it could be. And the same can be said with the, the maps, so which are, which are based on SABAP data. So, I mean, we'd, we, we did probably 90%, 80 to 90% of the maps have been changed to some degree. And that's based on uh, SABAP data as late as I think we did most of the maps in December, January, February. Uh, 2019, 2020. So it's it's really current data, and um, yeah, it's 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 up to date, as up to date as it can be, really. Um, one of the things on the on the naming that you asked about, um, we've tried to follow as as far as possible. We've tried to follow BirdLife's naming um, convention. The names are slightly different to IOC, but broadly follow IOC. And then we've we've put the IOC names in brackets because the, the book is used by a lot of international birders. So they, they come here and they, well, where's this name on, on IOC? You know, it's not an IOC name, it's a BirdLife South Africa name, which they're not familiar with. So we've rather opted to have both names in the book. So you'll see like uh, broad-tailed warblers, broad-tailed warblers in brackets, fantail grassbird or the other way around. Um, and then the, the bone of contention, blackwing kite has, has unfortunately become blackwing kite because black shouldered is an Australian bird. Yellow-throated Petronia is yellow-throated bush sparrow, in brackets Petronia. So yeah, we've tried to keep both names so that people who are not familiar with the IOC names will be able to look at the bird life names, and foreigners who are not familiar with bird life names will be able to look at the IOC names. Uh, bird names are one of those areas that always bring some very interesting conversation around it. <laughs> yeah, wait till you get Clements, Clements birders and eBird birders with their funny names. Yeah, and, and I promise we haven't, the names haven't just been changed to sell more books, which is often uh, what people think. It's just really to keep up with naming conventions and 
as, as species are split or lumped around the world. <laughs> so that's why we have followed or kept up to date with, with the name changes. It is quite funny that people actually think that the names change just so you can sell more books, but it's got nothing to do with that. It's very interesting, that kind of conversation that people have. No, I mean, it makes our life more complicated. <laughs> I wish we could just have one name and stick with it forever. This podcast is made possible by one of our sponsors, Birdlasser. Spot, plot, play a part. The Birdlasser app is available for free on both iOS and Android platforms. Be sure to download it today and seamlessly contribute to conservation initiatives. I must say one of my big frustrations with the previous app was the photos. Um, I get Reddit Aquilias in my garden and I remember when the first time they showed up in my garden, I went and opened the app looking for pictures on the app and there were no pictures of Reddit Aquilias and it was incredibly frustrating. And when I got this app, the first thing I did is I opened the app, I looked for pictures of the Reddit Aquilias and poof, there were some really, really good pictures of them. I know, Neil, some of your pictures were there. Um, one of my friends, Mark um, Titley, I saw his picture was featured of the Reddit at Flufftail, really phenomenal photos. I think one of the big improvements in this app is the photography. The previous app, as you say, it had, had a whole library of photographs behind it. And one of the things that Dom and I looked at was, you know, the, there was a lot of inferior photographs in there. Um, so we, we took it and we, we were quite brutal and we culled a hell of a lot of photos out of it and then went and saw what we all had in our own libraries. And where we didn't have photos in our libraries, we went to friends like Mark and uh, Albert McLean and my friend Rich overseas to source some, some of the species we were missing. Um, I think there's around 2,700 photographs in the app at the moment. Um, we were perhaps a little bit too brutal and we took out all the adult African pipits and all the lesser striped swallows and realized too late that we, we wouldn't get them in before the app had to launch. So. We, we're busy updating the library at the moment. I think the next update goes out in August and we, there'll be about 50 new editions of photographs just in that update. And then the, the, the idea is to have continuous updates. So as we get better calls and better photographs, we'll be adding to the app all the time and taking out the more, more inferior calls and, and photographs as we go. Yeah, so, so Neil touched on the updates. So that's something that we really do want to you know, improve on. So we, we're probably going to do um, at least two updates a year, uh, hopefully more, and we'll be doing two for the rest of um, 2020. Um, and, and it's something, so Neil and I want to really want to, you know, get this app world class and uh, just keep working at, at it. You know, it's now out, but we certainly, we know we're near done with it. So there's, there's a lot of content we still want to add. Um, we haven't got every, you know, photographs of every single species at the moment. There's obviously illustrations of every single species, but, um, you know, so we'll be filling in the blanks and obviously, I mean, it's sort of never a never ending project. There's always going to be, you know, looking for juveniles of certain species or different color morphs or subspecies. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a project where I think we're both looking forward to, to, uh, to keep working on over the, over the next few years. Another big frustration with the previous version, I bought it and after buying it, I realized that I had to buy the photos afterwards. Are the photos included in the purchase? Yes, they are. Let's chat about the bird calls. Um, how many bird calls does this app feature and you know how, how does one 
access the calls in the app, how easy is it to access the calls in the field? And also, just another question, are the calls separated by different types of calls? And yeah, just tell us a little bit about the calls on the app. So I think there are there's over a thousand calls, which is almost double uh, compared to the previous uh, Sasol app. And as I said, we're going to routinely be adding calls uh, for each update. Um, and the calls are separated by the different types of calls. So you'll have a song for a call. You'll have a you'll, you know you'll have the bird song, the display song. You'll have its uh, territorial call. Uh, you'll have its um, you know alarm call. Alarm call. So they are all separated, so you don't have to click on one call and then listen to the song, even though you're listening for its alarm call. Um, yeah, so that that is a big improvement. And then one of the, I think one of the really useful features of this of this app is that you can access the calls really quickly just from the from the list. So whether it be the taxonomical or alphabetical list, you don't actually have to go into the bird page. There's a little play button you can click on, which is actually visible in the list. So all it takes is one, one, you know, one click, and and you got the call. So I think out of a field where you you might, if you've heard a call and you you, you want to quickly access the call, um, this uh, this app is a is a great way of doing that. Yeah, I think that's a huge improvement from the previous one. I just was opening the previous one on my phone. And I think it's really great that you can just access it just from the the opening menu. So how are the variations in species due to sex and in terms of the age and that, how are those um, shown on the app? Most of the groups, the, the juvenile and females are, are not too different. The two groups where the, the, the bird has several stages are some of the seabirds and uh, most of the raptors. And with the new plates, these have been really well done and the plates have been carried into the app. So you, you've got really good images to, to look at at various um, stages. Um, when you get to the weavers and sunbirds, etc., where the males and females are very different, they're all depicted by uh, a plate for male and female. So it's fairly well covered, um, and descriptions will also show that fairly well. We've got multiple stages, as I say, the albatrosses, you've got your um, first year birds, your second year birds, through to an, a wandering albatross where it takes 10 years to get into its sort of adult plumage. And, and those are depicted right through as well. One of the good features in the in the new book and app is is the um, images of the heads and the bills of, the, of all the albatrosses um, alongside each other in most cases. So you can actually see exactly what to look for in the different um, bills and, and faces of the of the albatrosses. Yeah, and I think where the um, where the illustrations haven't you know haven't shown the the detail, uh, you know we can only show so many different plumages. We've uh, we tried to cover our bases there by using photographs. So, um, yeah, we've tried to um, use as many different photographs for, you know, to illustrate the entire range of the, of the species plumages, whether it be male, female, non-breeding, breeding plumages. Um, and as I said, as I mentioned before, the different morphs and, and where applicable different subspecies, we try to include those and we'll continually be looking for, you know, better, better photographs to, to illustrate these different uh, plumages. So let me ask a question. I'm out in the field and I see a bird that I don't know what that bird is. Um, how would it practically look? Opening the app up, how would I find the bird? Apart from literally trying to go through every single bird on the app, how would that practically look? I see a bird, I don't know what it is. How would it get to the place, seeing the bird, to identifying the bird? How would that look practically look on the app? There's a, there's a section in the app called uh, Smart Search. 
So you've got four, four different um, options to choose. You've got your build type, your size, your colors, and your habitat. And just playing around with it, you, you, can, um, you can narrow it down. So for example, if you went to build type and you chose um, long and down curved, and then you went and looked at your list, you would, you'd see you'd have everything like ibises, ibises and um, sunbirds and wood hoopoos. And if you then said, okay, no, but the size is now, it's, it's smaller, smaller than the sparrow. So you put size down as smaller than the sparrow and you'll see it'll just come down to the sunbirds. Or you put uh, larger than a sparrow, it'll, come, it'll bring up the wood hoopoos and the ibises. So it, it's re a really powerful search feature. And by narrowing it down bit by bit, um, even a beginner birder can start to see, okay, that, that's sort of where, um, what I'm looking at. So I, I can now say, okay, yes, it's smaller than that. It's got these colors, so you can put your colors in and you can go down to habitat. So if it's, if it's in a wetland, if it's in a forest, if it's in bushveld, and it'll, it'll narrow it down and pretty, pretty soon you'll, you'll only have a small group of, of species. So one I took as an example, if you, if you went and said it's got a short stubby bill, it's smaller than a sparrow, it's got brown, yellow and red in it. And you'd come up with three possibilities, which would be your orange breast of wax bill, your and your two paradise widers. So then that, that's easy to tell apart. So it, it really is powerful and, and really a good tool for a, a, someone starting out on identification. So we spoke earlier about first-time users, but some people who might look to get this app, they might already have an app on their phone. How well do you think that this app works alongside other apps on the market? Do you think it would add value to someone who's got possibly another app on their phone already? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, with nearly a thousand species of birds in the subregion uh, coming in all different, uh, with, you know, various different plumages and, and or age-related and sex-related plumages. Um, so I don't think any one app is ever going to cover all of these different, you know, for one, illustrate all these different uh, uh, plumages and show photographs for them all. And the same goes with calls. So you know, what, what we might be missing in one, in one app might be showing in another. So I think it's, it silly does complement other, other apps and it is useful to have, I'd say more than one app on your phone. Yeah, so I, I think it would, it would help to, you know, to get this app as, along with the other apps. And we find birding often takes you to locations where signal is non-existent. I went down to Harding last week and many places we birded, there was absolutely no signal. Does the app fully function offline? Uh, yeah, it does. It, it doesn't need doesn't need a cell phone signal. The, the photographs and calls are stored on uh, within the app. The only thing, the only signal that could be weak is a satellite signal, which if you're wanting to log uh, coordinates of a bird may just take a little while to, to acquire the signal, but um, that's pretty much the same with, with any any other app that, that is using um, geolocation. And then just a quick question, tell us about the customer support for those who purchase the app. Is there good customer support after the purchase of the app, if there's any hassles? So uh, chatting to Silma Parker today, who's been heading up the, the development of the app at Strike Nature, she's been letting me know they've been, they've been fielding you know, a bunch of questions. It, it came out two days ago on 1st of July. So she's been fielding these questions and getting back to people. So yeah, there, there is a way if you if you have a problem with the app or you want to flag a, um, a bug or something, uh, there is a, an email address which you can just send an email and there, there, there will be customer support to get, to get back to you on it. And then the last all-important question, how much does the app cost? Well, I think um, me being the numbers man, it's, uh, it's a really good deal at the moment. 
So they've, they've put it on a special, it was going to be half price, but um, they've gone a little bit less than half price. So for the month of July, it's going for 179.99. Um, thereafter, it'll go up to its normal price of 379.99. So it's, it's a really good deal at the moment. It's a top, top notch app um, at a really good price. Yeah, and I've spoken to a couple of people already, and I think three of the guys I've spoke to have really bought the app, and they're really, really impressed with what the app has to offer. So, yeah, I just want to say, guys, well done on the app. I think you've done an amazing job. Um, I've been playing around with it, and it's really, really awesome. And, yeah, thanks for all the hard work you put in. We are really looking forward to exploring it a lot more in the years to come and hopefully finding a lot of laughers through it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having us, Adam. And, uh, yeah, I hope we'll be... Everybody enjoys our app out on the field. So the Sassel eBirds 5th edition is available in both Android and iOS for 50% off during the month of July. So with all this app has to offer, there is no better time to download it than right now. Don't forget to follow the Birding Life and Straight Nature Club on Facebook, share the post advertising this episode, and tag Straight Nature Club and the Birding Life to stand a chance to win a copy of the app. On next week's episode, we'll take a look at one of Southern Africa's most popular bird identification apps, the Roberts Birds app. We'll take a look at what this app has to offer and look at what makes it so popular. Don't forget to follow The Birding Life on Instagram and Facebook. I appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Just a reminder, could you please hit the follow button and rate The Birding Life podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Be sure to check out Birdlasser, who we are proud to be associated with and download the app on either iOS or Android and keep a life list while playing your part in social conservation. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.